This is Sanford Green, comic book illustrator and concept designer for Warner Brothers and uh, Marvel Entertainment, and you're listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to the Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Here with us today, we have the first Robin, Dick Grayson, as Curtis. <laughs> I love it. We have the second Robin, Jason Todd, as Barry. Let me show you its features. <laughs> we have the current Robin, Damian Wayne, as Ross. Hi. We have the possible future Robin, as Duke Thomas, as our Master in Chief, CBS. Let's hear who Duke Thomas is. Well, you will. You will know soon. And the fourth Robin, Tim Drake as Rob. Hi. Think you're the He's the third Robin. I think you're the third Robin. Yeah, the fourth Robin's actually Ross. Whoa. Hi, Ross. What happened to Damien? Damien is the fourth Robin. Oh, and Ross is Damien? Yeah. Tim Stephanie Brown. She would be the possible fourth Robin. Three and a half. Yeah. Who for the two rules, Ross? Doesn't what count. Carrie Kelly. I don't even count. Doesn't count either. Stephanie or Carrie as Robins, really. Duke Duke Thomas is a little bit of a stretch, anyways, because he's he's the lead character for We Are Robins, who has like been seen in future things as Robin. So he and Carrie Kelly would be almost the same level of Robin. No, Carrie Kelly's from Elseworld stuff, man. Dark Knight Returns can't be considered canon. Well, he'd be a possible future Robin. Okay. That's, I'll that's go why with that. I put them together. Now I know who Duke is. I understand now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought his name was like Duke Devlin, but it's not. It's Duke Thomas. It's crazy. Sweet. Devlin sounds better. Duke Devlin is not. DC, change it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, that was really weird. Uh. Hi, everyone. For our new listeners, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Should be right. Uh. We're doing episode number uh sixty-eight today. All right. Uh, let's see. So book-wise, uh, we're going to be doing uh, The Totally Awesome Hulk, number one. Robin, Son of Batman, number six. Uh, the Krampus. And Robin Wars, number one. And then Spidey, number one. That uh, should be fun times in there. Uh, Ross, do you have any news over there? Uh, not a whole lot, but we did see a new trailer for Batman v Superman. Right, it's pretty awesome. It's good times. It's uh, Wonder Woman in action for the first time. It's a pretty good trailer, actually. I want to say it's the third Batman trailer or third Batman Superman trailer. Is that Probably. right? It's pretty good. I thought Ben Affleck was gonna blow it as a Batman, but from the trailer, he looks pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like I, he, he seems to. At least from the trailers, it looks good so far. I just don't like Ben Affleck. Yeah, but he's totally like a good Batman. He does. He's got the whole uh, weird smile from the animated series. You know, there's mm. the funny cock to his chin. Yeah, it looks that way. <laughs> I meant rooster. <laughs> That's what I meant rooster for his with the grin. You can kid? both show up over there. <laughs> you shut up. Right he also there. saw Doomsday. Oh, no, that is questionable, crazy. but yeah, okay. It's questionable as Doomsday? It's questionable the way it looks. It's definitely Doomsday. It was Doomsday, yeah. yeah. Why just is it questionable, was, Just with Zod's head on it. What? 
Dun dun spoil. <laughs> That's what happens. Ding, fries are dead. Ding, fries are what? Right. You shut up. Maybe they. Well, we're gonna like, go into rounds there for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, it started that way, and then things got a little more. Comic book fight. It's not quite the what? Not not that kind of rounds. Singing <laughs> rounds. Singing rounds. Oh right. Okay. Uh, well, there's a bunch of other news that's nonsense, I guess. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> do we have anything else that's, that matters? No. I did do the second trailer for Cap. Oh, for uh, uh yeah. Like the third one. You know, I don't know if it's the second or third. It was good though. Civil War. Isn't that the first trailer for? No, it? there's the one before it. that. It's this one has an end up with uh, Bucky and. Cap trading, throwing the shield at Iron Man. Awesome. I've seen that one, and I've only seen one. I'm pretty sure that's the only one they've done for it. Really? I think there's a different one, isn't there? Pretty there possible that? that's the only one. Because hmm. they rolled premiered no, it on Jimmy Kimmel. There's though, another right? one, because the other one's got ju- flashes with Spider-Man, flashes of Ant-Man, flashes or flash of uh, Black Panther, and Spider-Man jumping off the side of a building. So there's another one before that. Oh, it's I more seen that one. it's more cameo looking than it is anything else. It doesn't have the attack with the shield because you get a, you get a shot of Ant Man, you get a shot of uh, the back of Spider Man for like three like maybe a second, two seconds maybe. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah, there's one before that one. <clears throat> anyway, like uh, so that's that's what we got. Okay, Star Wars comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah, yep. huzzah! There's a new trailer for that too. It's awesome. Like, they're on track to make like a billion dollars at the box office. Well, you know. A literal billion dollars. That's they, they may need that <laughs> to support the rest of the Star Wars they're going to make. Yeah, they're going to make eight million of them, so it's great. Although I hear that uh, the Egyptian theater in Delta is going to be doing something special. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you're around local, which doesn't help you if you're not, <laughs> you know that theater might be doing something special, and you can't pre-order the tickets there. Hey, take that, internet. I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nerds. Hey. Yeah, but that theater can only hold like 250 people. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be you know you're gonna have to get there quick. Really cool special stuff. So too bad the drive-ins not open up there. That's true. That'd be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It would. It's pretty cool for a drive-in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But have I a think... snowball fight while watching Star Wars. It's like hot is, cold. Is there enough? Huh. I'd be know. a stormtrooper because I'd always miss. <laughs> hey. <laughs> On a funny note, uh-huh. the not the last episode of Star Wars Rebels, but the one before that, they dress up in Stormtrooper outfits for a minute. is like a New Hope uh, tribute type thing. Right. But as they make the comment of, we can't see out of these things, no wonder they always miss all the time. <laughs> oh. And the one guy's like, yeah, and the armor sucks too. And a lot of funny stuff like that. <laughs> Bad planning. Yeah. Look cool. That was story time. They do look cool. (laughs) (laughs) You get a charm sound for that. (laughs) Something like that, no? All right. The more you know. I think that's more of a do do do. I don't know how to do that, actually. Yeah, let's not do that. Whatever. No, that's something. (laughs) Full circle. Sons of bitches. Continuity, folks. Sons of bitches. Let's go ahead and move into. Let's go and do books. Because this is going nowhere. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Uh, Rob, you want to tell us a story about the totally awesome Hulk? Yeah, we can do that. Alright. Which, by the way, is totally awesome. 
That's what the title says. Man Hulk. Also in the title. (laughs) I'll wait till we're done. Oh, that's it. That's all I got. What what were you going to ask? I'll wait till we're done. Yeah, okay. Well, the interior art in the cover is Frank Chow. Yeah. Yeah. The writer, which is Pack. Did you say Greg? Greg Pack? Oh, yeah, he wrote Frank Frank Chow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Frank Chow is the artist. (laughs) No, Frank. Great pack. He, didn't he write some? Uh, he wrote some Superman. He wrote Superman. He, and he wrote. Uh, he was part of the whole Hulk thing. Follow the Hulks. World War Hulk. Oh, okay. Part of the non-picture book. R- Rob, you want to tell us a story about the totally awesome Hulk? Sure. So, it's a Greg Peck, and then Frank Chow. So you know already it looks fantastic. But we open on um, kind of this sunny beach scene. And we got a kid on the beach, making a sandcastle or something, and the lady that's with him, and she sees this crazy storm cloud come rolling in. And she's like, oh, this wasn't on the forecast. And we start seeing, like, the ocean, like, bilge up, and some kind of, like, shelled creature underneath it. And from there, we flash immediately to Cho, who's outside of, like, some kind of weird Columbia burger place. And he's, like, jamming burgers down his mouth. He's got at least four or five of them in front of him, and a whole bunch of shakes on the side, and they kind of, like, go in and, like, give you kind of a funny description of what he's eating. It's all super high-carb stuff. So he's basically, like, really loading up on carbohydrates. And he's got this kind of tin can-looking robot that's with him that's kind of advising him that he needs to hurry and do this. Um, And he uses this kind of fancy watch thing to make his regular suit disappear, and his new Hulk shorts appear as he runs into action, becoming the totally awesome Hulk. Uh, from there we wind up finding out the monster that he's going to fight is a two-headed snapdragon that shoots flame out of one of its mouths. That was going to eat the, the lady and the kid on the beach. And of course he like hulks in and smashes it. We see that the Hulk has perfect dialect. So this is definitely not like kind of the dimmer Hulk that we were dealing with before. But he does have this kind of very childish nature and is very like boastful about himself. And he starts, like, basically coming on to the lady with the kid pretty early on. Even though the robot, he's hitting like, on her. It's, yeah. just, it's Cho, the, the, I don't know, how is he supposed to be? 18, 19? Yeah, he's, he's like 19. Something like that. Point. He's always been flirtatious with ladies. Even when he hung out with Herc. I mean, he used to hang out with Herc when he was 15. It's, it's more so in this story. He becomes distracted with all the people around him and doesn't deal with the monster. The monster rises up again. He has a, a little bit of a comic fight scene with him before he defeats him and uses his little like gauntlet thing to shrink the thing down. And then he goes right back over to like hitting on the lady uh, when he realizes that his clothes have been burnt off by the monster he was fighting. He takes off from there and we wind up finding out that his sister and him have set up like this whole mobile operation base where they're collecting these monsters that have been surfacing all over the world. They're trying to figure out the reason for this to happen and we find out from there that Cho, when he becomes the Hulk, isn't quite as in control as he would like. But he's very defensive on like that he's not Banner, that the Hulk doesn't control him. And so his reactions to things and the way that he reacts as the Hulk is not necessarily what Cho would do. And he, although he's in control, he's not as in control as if it's just him, but stronger. But it looks like the trade-off is that he has to eat a ton to keep up his energy to become the Hulk. Now, 
one of the other big things is what happened to Bruce. This book is not going to completely fill that in for you. We're going to go ahead and like skip over it so that there's a little bit of a, a thing for you guys if you're wondering what happened to Bruce Banner. There's some information in here, but it doesn't explain exactly why we don't see the regular Hulk. It leads up with a nice... Uh, nice catch-off at the end where he's fighting alongside She-Hulk and the new Miles Morales. And we get a nice hook for the next book, which may answer where all these new little monsters are coming from. It's pretty... it's, it's actually a really funny story. It's really well drawn, really well written. You get a great idea where they're going to go with this Hulk. And it's not just a reskin of the Hulk with a new person being the master. The Hulk himself also is not just following suit where we were before this point in uh, in Marvel. So he's not a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's not working with the higher government authority. He's not actually connected to any of the Avengers groups or anything. It's pretty much Cho and his sister doing what they're doing on their own. I think it's going to be a really cool story, and it's going to be giving us little hints as we go as to what happened to Bruce and why Bruce is not going to be the Hulk for a while, if ever again. Uh, overall, uh, I was worried about the story. <laughs> But I think the total awesome Hulk actually knocks it completely out. Uh, I'd give it a real solid four. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Right on. Uh, Mr. Curtis? Huh? The score? <laughs> si, senor. Uh, you know, I, I like I like Greg Pak and I like uh, Frank. Right. Um, they do well together. Uh, usually a book with Frank anyway is going to be a three. So I'll give it a 3.5. Okay. It doesn't... It's... Yeah, it's different than the Hulk you think it's going to be. That's true. So. Uh, Mr. Barry? I like it. I like the concept of uh, someone being in control of the power to the point where it's... He doesn't always have to be pissed off in order to be become the Hulk. Uh, I'll give it a... I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Curtis. 3.5. Okay. You know, the, the neat thing for that is it actually looks like he has his Hulk power set to his, like, a dial on his wrist communicator thing. Well, but cool. when we're talking in the story, he actually gets mad at his sister and he starts gambling out. So it's still connected to his biology. But, it's but still, he's got a trick to control it. Yeah, that, I like that. Because I, li I don't like that dude just gets gets mad and starts smashing stuff. Like, like and, real life. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we don't like real life. Real life is stupid. Heck yeah. Comic life is Real life's for grown-ups. <laughs> yeah. Word. Uh, Mr. Ross? I agree with both of them. I'll give it a three and a half. I like how Ross smiles with giddiness. That's, if you could see <laughs> it, you'd see the giddiness. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I, I don't like a part of, part of that is probably just the voting on the Snap Turtle, because I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I would give it a four also. I mean, I, I, lo I like Frank Chow a lot. Uh, Greg Pack is fine I mean, as far as that goes. Um, as far as the book, just it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. I mean, there's questions and, you know, the whole mystery behind Banner is interesting. The real at the end, I think, is really cool um, just because I kind of like what's going on there. Yeah. But, yeah, Frank's always a I, – I always like Frank's work. So, yeah, I'm a slave to it. So there's that. Yeah, I give it a four. Also, uh, good, good first issue. You know, if you if you're looking for classic Hulk, it's, it's not that. But I think eventually we'll lead into stuff with that, maybe. Yeah. 
But yeah, not, 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 not a bad book. Whoa. It took a lot of words to get out of my mouth just now. Like it, it's like it got stuck there and I couldn't <laughs> get it to... <laughs> right? Yeah, it's bad. It's not a... Remix. Right? No, that's kind of what that... Sort of. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Robin, uh, Son of Batman. So this is uh, our buddy Pat Gleason. Fantastic. It is. Series-wise, Pat's writing and doing the art for it. At this point, we're dealing with... Well, just for a little bit, little little backstory, we're dealing with Damien during the Year of Blood, and so we get flashes of his time during his what they what the League of Assassins considers a Year of Blood is your first year working as an assassin, and you're just sent on missions basically to slaughter things, uh, still things, you know, assassinations, and uh, we get a flash. Well, when we first open up, we open up back in the past, and this is during the Year of Blood, and Damien's. Going through this crazy maze, fighting these dragon bat beasts, and it's pretty—it's pretty epic. Now you recognize what the what the first bat beast he's fighting looks like, even though it's not the right color. Um, it's very similar to uh, Goliath, except instead of being red, it's blue. And uh, he's fighting it pretty hardcore, and he's stabbing the—he stabs the crap out of it. It's crazy, and the whole time he's just agging it on, and then more and more of them keep showing up, and he. He basically goes through and slaughters everything, and he turns around to the last one left, and it's his little, tiny Goliath as a baby, runs the litter style, and he keeps he starts yelling at it to attack him, and it won't. He says, "Fight with honor" or something. Right, he says, "Fight with honor." You're the last one left in your family. You have to uphold your family's name, and he just he's just going nuts like a kid's out of control. And Goliath walks over to him and licks him on the nose dog like a dog and is this very it's it's like it's really crazy because you can see damien is not happy with what he's doing really and he's just so out of control it's it's awesome it's just it's great it's really interesting because like when you first see damien way back when he first showed up in batman stuff you don't see that side to him at all he just shows up and you think that he's just crazy murder kid like that's right. what he's about this kind of shows an in-between where he was not quite as okay with just doing that. Right. It's really, it's really pretty, uh, pretty, as far as stories are concerned, it's really pretty, like, touching. It's, it's really cool. Well, he winds up scooping up Goliath, um, and it's, the whole moment there between the two of them, it's almost, it, it's definitely, it, later on they make mention of it, uh, but it's like, it's almost like Goliath wasn't mad at him for doing what he did. And the entire mission he was down there for wasn't just to slaughter these things. It was to get get the staff, um, which the staff name I don't remember now. Do you remember that, Ross? No. The the bat things were like guarding it. Though. Yeah, they were guarding this the staff. I can't remember what it's called. And the whole he was sent on a mission by his mother to go collect the staff, and that's what he was there for. So he returns home and he presents the staff to the mother and Talia uh, is is up first. She's kind of I don't know. She's just a jerk, and she's like, "Well, you're you're late." And then she sees that he bring the little Goliath with him, and she's like, well, he, he tells her that he killed everything that was guarding it. She's like, well, not all of them. He's like, well, this one, I wanted using it to get me out of the ta- get, get me out of the maze whenever I got lost. It guided me out of the maze, so I want to keep it as a pet. And so she tells him, well, if you can raise it to be vicious and horrible, then awesome. And he's like, all right. And she tells him to pick a name, and so that's why he names him Goliath. Kind of... It's pretty epic, actually. It's Does, really cool. Doesn't he say because he's my Goliath, he'll be my Goliath? Is right. Like his, 
Yep. And we flash forward um, pretty close to, well, it, it's not the same scene as in the very first issue, which we, I know we've been over the first issue with you, with y'all. Um, but it's a similar issue, uh, except now we're with Talia, Goliath, Damien, and Mia. I think is, is that what nobody's daughter's name was? Nobody too. But no, yeah. Well, yeah, Mia. Yeah. And uh, basically Talia's shaking down this sultan. Apparently, what we find out is that the staff is from his family line. And he's, I don't know, kind of a cowardly type tyrant ruler. And she's basically telling him she's gonna, he's going to do whatever she wants. At this point, she wants Damien taken care of because he's been beat up from a fight before. At this point, he's pretty weakened. She basically dethrones the dude, hits him in the face with his staff, and basically takes over his kingdom. Because that's, that's how he rolls. And she's, a little, she's also out of control. Pretty much. Uh, so we get a blackout scene for a second where we, Damien wakes up and he's being taken care of by these nursemaids. And he's super pissed. And then he gets confronted by his mother. And his mother presents him with this black pearl. And tells him that the entity that she was before, her rage and things are contained in the black pearl. And if she wants, if he wants revenge for her having killed him before, all he has to do is present her with the pearl. And it has like the essence of what she was before. Uh, so all the evil and crazy that she was. Not that she's not crazy now, but she's not the same kind of crazy. And she basically tells Damien that if he wants revenge, to meet her the next morning, give her the pearl, she would take the pearl and become that again, and the two of them would have it out. So basically she challenges him to a duel if he wants to, or to join her. And that's the option she leaves him with. Interesting place to leave things. Uh, we get from there, we get another flashback uh, to, to Mia just after we find out that Batman's supposedly dead. And, of course, Damien says he's not dead. Even if he is, I, I was dead, my mother was dead. Death's a revolving door. He doesn't say revolving door, he said something else. But it's, I thought he did say did revolving, say revolving door? door. He might have. Maybe that's where I got that from. Anyway, uh, basically, it equivalates to that if it wasn't exactly that. And as the two of them are talking... Uh, Mia, Mia's talking to him and telling him well, that she, they, she, he know, she knows he, his brothers need her. His brothers need his help, and she's referring to Tim, Dick, all the bats, all the all the family back in Gotham, and how they're connected now. And she's talking about that, and he's super pissed at the. He keeps looking at the his his Robin symbol, the R symbol, and he tells her it stands for ruin. And she's like, no. And they, they have a pretty good conversation about how he can never... He talks to her about how he can never bring back her dad. And he can't return a trinket. And he can't fix it. And all I can do is hope that she can forgive him. And she tells him that basically the R really stands for redemption. That she forgives him. And that he gained a sister. So the weird love connection we got there might still happen later on. But he's still like 11-year-old kid. Yeah, so, that was kind of odd, but that's probably why they did it that way. I think so, too. So, young, so it was a pretty good close for that. I'm sure at some point we'll probably see her later, depending on where the storyline winds up running and who keeps writing it. They do a cool send-off thing for her. Damien gets this moment where he releases Goliath and takes off the chain, the, 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 the chains. or Well, they're not really chains. It's more like a fighting vest or something. Yeah, but like the, a collar thing. Like a collar, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like a collar. So he takes the collar off and releases him. They decide to part ways. There's a little more dialogue in there, of course, and some other pieces for you if you haven't read the book or if you want to know more. That's where you get it from. Um, so they have that happen, and then we get a flash to uh, Damien basically deciding what he's going to do with his with mother, um, which I'll leave it at that. So that way, if you want to, uh, if you if you're 
gosh, I'll leave it with that so I don't just tell you what the hell happens. <laughs> How about that? That's a good answer? That way if you want to read it. You, you should read it because it's fantastic. If you're not, you're doing yourself a disjustice. It's, it's awesome. Score-wise, I give it I give it a four and a half. It, it's a really good issue. The whole series so far has been has been good. I mean, Pat's really doing a good job. So book-wise, I think it's fantastic. The art's great. The story's super interesting. I mean, there's a lot of heartfelt moments in this book that are awesome. So yeah, four and a half. Uh, Rob? I've really enjoyed what they've done with the series so far. And I think this is a great way to end this story arc. And I like that they come back and they address that he's been gone this whole time. And so we actually know what, where he falls in the whole Batman storylines. Um, it's crazy that they made him lose a tooth over the storyline so far. I, I'm hoping that they do something to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I give it a solid four. All right. Uh, Curtis? I'll give it a four. Peg Leeson's top-notch, as always. And he can he can write, too, so I'll give it a four. Cool. Mr. Barry? Agreed. Four. All right. Keep it simple, stupid. All right. Hey, are you calling me stupid? You go to hell. No, me. Oh, right. Okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> Mr. Ross? I'd give it a four and a half as well. It was a really, really good end of the arc. As a whole, I really like how this series was, or at least this first arc reminded me of, like, Indiana Jones with Damien, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I liked the new characters, and I, I didn't think I was going to like Mia. Right. But I, she turned into a really cool character in the end, and I'm positive that her and Goliath are going to stick around for more I'm sure we'll see him again, yeah. I'd be surprised if we didn't. I think probably after this Robin War stuff, we'll get back to it, but... Yeah, it's really good. Really good ending issue too. Yeah, it was pretty as good. Um, well, right. Let's uh, move forward to uh, Krampus. Yeah, Ross, you want to tell me a story about Krampus? So it's, it's a graphic novel. It's a bigger one. It's Krampus: Shadows of Saint Nicholas. Um, Ty, it's a, supposed to be a prequel to the movie, kind of. And Michael Dotry, who's the writer and director and all that stuff in the movie, did the general storyline and had several writers write out, like, the plot or inside. Flesh out, yeah. Uh, the book is really, really cool because it's a similar story structure as the Trick or Treat movie was. Okay. So it's got four different stories that don't seem like they tie together, and then one story at the end, and they all tie in at the end of it. Um First story is about a, like, the drunken old army veteran that is Santa Claus because it's the only job he can get and he needs money for Christmas type thing. The dirty hobo. Um, and he hates being it and he hates kids and so he's crude to everyone. And, um, you have to grow a bigger beard for that, Barry. It's coming in. <clears throat> At least a thicker one. <clears throat> oh, that's rude. <laughs> He's, he hates his job, and the manager hates him, and the manager wants to fire him, but it's Christmas, and they need a Santa Claus to be at the store. And um, As he's leaving the store, all of a sudden this blizzard hits, and you find out later that the blizzard is basically the symbol of Krampus coming. Like, whenever the blizzard hits, Krampus is going to show up. And Krampus shows up, and all kinds of crazy nonsense happens. They get attacked by his elves, which are like mini Krampuses with crazy masks. 
and they get attacked by the killer toys in it. And at the end, uh, he finds Krampus himself and goes after him. And Krampus just does this weird hand thing, and he falls into the snow. Like, like he just falls directly like into Like quicksand that. sucked him in alive yeah. snow? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the second story... Let's see here. The second story is about a, a female police woman, I guess you would say. A police officer? Yeah, that... Uh, is on she's working on Christmas Day trying to find the guy that hit her sister is a hit and run um, and so she's all about trying to find this guy and in the process uh, she she comes across this guy that's breaking into a place and trying to steal his stuff and he says it's for his family and she takes him in anyways and uh, as they're going around, they get this call that there's this crazy nonsense happening at this house down the road, and they get there, and this blizzard just keeps coming up, and there's these crazy snowmen in the road, and uh, Krampus's elves show back up, and they attack them, and I uh, don't want to say too much more because it'll ruin a lot of it, but a lot of a lot of crazy attacks and uh, similar to the end of the first story happens at the end of this one, right? Uh, the third story deals with, it's kind of like a Christmas Carol type story, where these five homeless people break into this really rich guy's house because they know he's gone and that he won't mind if they use, or he wouldn't notice that they're using his stuff. He'd mind if they wouldn't notice. And the rich guy comes back while they're there and gets a gun and ties them up and calls the police, and that's right about when Krampus shows up again and... Uh, uses some magic to kind of bring him back to his past so he can see how he was an orphan and lost his family and, and he sees all the families of the of the homeless people and how they got to where they are and then a story at the end that ties it all together and has a really kind of crazy twist to it um, overall I it was supposed to be like a prequel to the movie and it kind of was and how it introduced all the characters and Krampus's minions and stuff right okay but it was a really, really cool story how they tied it all together, and the imagery is good, and all the art in it is really, really good. Yeah. I would probably give it a three and a half out of five. It was, it was a really cool story, and if you see the movie and you want more, it's definitely worth checking out. Well, uh, let's see. Like, I know how excited you were for this book before it came out, and I know you're a super big fan of Trick or Treat. Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as, like... Anything to follow that story arc in line, I, you'd be the one to ask about it. Uh, Book-wise, I mean, yeah, the art's, art, the art's pretty decent. I mean, it's definitely got a horror-esque feel to it. Mm -hmm. So you got a lot of you got a lot of dark tones because it's supposed to be a, it's a horror story. It's a Halloween story at Christmas. Um, yeah, I give it a three also. I mean, book-wise, it's it's good. Like like Ross said, if you like the movie, then that's the only place you get more of the movie, at least at this point. And it is, it's done, like, the director and writer of the movie is who wrote the basic plot for the book, too. So right. it's definitely tied directly in. Yeah, well, just the scripting is, is done by the second writers. I mean, mm. he did the outline or whatever. Mm. Cool. Uh, Rob? Um, I wish it would have had a little bit of cleaner artwork. But other than that, I think it's actually a really well-done story. So I I give it a three. I, I'm interested to see how it's going to work. Do you, do you feel like reading this before the film... You kind of got the film again, or does it no, feel like it's actually an addition? It feels totally different. It, more than anything, this feels like it introduced you to 
kind of some of the things Krampus can do and his his minions, his toys, and his elves, and, and that kind of thing. Okay. It's worth mentioning that it is four different artists, too. It's a different artist for every uh, story. In I think it. I just popped in on one. Yeah. Hey, so. Curtis. <clears throat> I would... <clears throat> I like it. I like this, the thought of Krampus. Um, the writer obviously knows what he's doing, because he's wrote, written the movie, and now he's tying this into it. I would like to see, honestly him tackle some other holidays and make it like a, a continuation or a story. Like an anthology? Yeah. <clears throat> like what would he do with uh, Thanksgiving or Halloween or uh, Valentine's Day, which I think is kind of like Halloween. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I give it a three and a half. I enjoyed it. All right. It's really cool because he hasn't done any comics or movies or anything, obviously, off of that. But when he just had Trick or Treat, they... I want to say it was 2009, maybe. Right. For every holiday, he did Sam during that holiday, like what he was doing, just like a little oh, few minutes short of okay. what he was doing during that. So it was kind of cool. That's funny. And, and this Krampus is supposed to be, I guess, in the same universe. I, in the movie and the comic, I didn't really see any ties to it, but that's the director has said that there's supposed to be a shared universe between the two of them. Huh. So it's kind of interesting. Oh, be interesting. We wind up getting a uh, Sam meets Krampus. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, Mr. Barry, I'm gonna agree with uh, with uh, Rob and say three point five. You said three point five, right? Three. I think it's just a three, but that's oh. okay. Three point five is still good. Three point five. That's what I said. I'm gonna yeah. go with three point five. <laughs> I just don't like Christmas, and I think Krampus doesn't either. <laughs> it was oh, a different man. type of. <laughs> Of how to, uh, he, <clears throat> I don't necessarily know if that's the case, Barry. I want to be an alcoholic Santa. <laughs> that sounds more like that. We were halfway there. There's a movie for that, and I want to say it has Billy Bob Thornton on it. That's true. Called Bad Santa. I'm not, so, I'm not skinny enough for that. Is, wasn't there a movie about Thanksgiving where, like, the turkey kills people? It's called yep. Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's three of them, evidently. Well, <laughs> what if they're terrible? <laughs> I understand. I've never seen them. Yeah. Thanksgiving versus Krampus. I, I don't think Thanksgiving would have much of a much of a chance. You have to be very very stupid to be fooled by some of the stuff that happens in, in Thanksgiving. Should not not give away a whole lot. The Krampus can open holes to hell basically and drag people to them. I'd still watch it. I, I think pretty much Thanksgiving. All <laughs> he can do is he's a turkey that can wield an axe. Which is impressive. Which is impressive. <laughs> it is. Because he's a turkey. Yes. That's an evolutionary bound, if you ask me. And evidently he can remove people's faces and wear them as a mask. Oh, so he can disguise himself. Yes. Brilliant. Disguise, disguise himself as Krampus, confuse him, and have Krampus kill himself. But he'd have to cut off Krampus's face to do that. So he's looking at him like, who do I kill now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... I don't, I don't think... If you, were, if you were a victim of Thanksgiving, you might be that dumb. Yeah, dang. Man. So, not as bad as retard dead. <laughs> probably not. I'm sure that's probably true. Um, uh, man. How to hide face. How to control, Ross. What one, happened? One last thing. Too. Okay. Is, is Barry mentioned that Krampus hates Christmas? Okay. It's actually the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> yeah, Krampus is all about upholding the Christmas spirit. So how does this, uh, the, the movie compare to, like, Santa's sleighs? 
bounds better. <laughs> no. Yeah, way, no. way, you way. You can't better. be Bill Goldberg. Take, take that Goldberg. He, he was a yeah. way better. Uh, the the thing that I not to get too much into the movie. But one of the things I really liked about the movie is it actually felt like a Christmas movie, too. Like, it wasn't just Santa killing people. It, it had, it had <laughs> Which is what I like. <laughs> oh, see? So it means all of our movies lose. Like, <laughs> Does he like it just because he can go on a killing spree? It's not... That's I not think he's why. trying to preserve no. the, the spirit of the Yeah. Season. Basically, yeah. It's kind of like how, how Sam kills the people that don't go... Don't do the trick-or-treating? Yeah. Don't don't give you candy? Don't follow the rules of Halloween? Yes. It's a similar thing for Krampus. They could have they could have released the movie during Halloween, and I would have loved it. Krampus? Yeah. But since it's during Christmas, you hate it? Yeah. She's such a dumbass. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I just think they could have released it at different times of the year. It still would have been awesome. It, it kind of a cool note while we're on that. The reason why they released it when they did was because December 4th is Krampus Day. It's oh. supposed to be the day, like in Germany, I want to say it is. December 3rd is St. Nicholas Day, and December 4th is Krampus Day. So Santa Claus comes and gives you candy on the one day, and Krampus comes to take kids and to And poops in your stocking. <laughs> Man, wow. Features. I had no idea. Yeah. There's uh there's another movie called Strange Exports that should be need to have you see Ross. It's yeah. not quite the same, but it's a similar concept. I've so, heard a little bit about that one. It's pretty good. Strange Exports. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a Christmas movie. It sounds terrible. It's fantastic. <laughs> Who's in it? Uh, well, it's it's made by Norwegians, oh. so I don't know any of them. There's, there's Is that like Norwegian Dead Snow? Uh, not the same because there's not zombies. It's a good Christmas or, movie. Or or Nazis. Although that one's pretty fun too. <laughs> Get zombie Nazis. Okay, well, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, so, uh, Krampus liked the movie, check out the book. Or read the book, and then, you know, movies. Uh, so let's move on to uh, Robin Wars? Sure. Is that okay? Uh, Robin Wars, unfortunately, there's so much in here that is kind of important to what's going on around the Bad Universe. I don't know if there's any way we can actually do this without putting some spoilers out there. So, there's going to be spoilers. It is a kind of compilation book, so the only one who really gets a lot of credit for this is going to be uh, Tom King. Yeah, that sounds fine. Who's, who's writing? Yeah, because there's a ton of different artists for all the different pages in the book. This could be like the next really big, important Batman story. It really has a great foundation that it could that it could work from. Basically, when we start the story, we encounter a young kid in a Robin uniform, or a, like kind of a street style. It's, it's Robin a makeshift uniform. Robin yeah. uniform, yeah. Um, I don't know if he's actually appeared in We Are Robin, although there's a lot of like side generic characters that have appeared in that story. So it's possible he's been in the background the whole time. But he's wound up foiling a liquor store robbery. And he's kind of got this, like, very particular song that he's sort of singing, which is the old Acrobat song. Uh, like, he flies through the air with the greatest V's. Right. Flying trapeze, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he refers to himself as, like, this kid without fear at the end of it. Right? From there, the police show up to, uh, to kind of arrest them. Well, the cop draws the gun on the kid. Well, he, yeah, the, he's, he stopped the robber. Yeah. And he constantly keeps calling himself Robin under his breath. 
but yeah, so he's already got the robber app- apprehended for the most part, and the police officer shows up without any idea what's going on. Well, he's got the he's got the gun on the kid. He's he's telling the kid to drop the gun. Kid's like, hey, no, I stopped the crime. I'm on your side. It's all good. Well, the policeman completely loses track of what's going on with the perp. Perpetrator winds up tackling the cop, wrestling the gun away from him. Um, the kid gets kicked back, and he winds up actually firing wildly. And the robber just like is losing his mind, kind of like I just can't remember to get a drink, and, like drawing his gun on Robin. Um, and the kid's like, "Don't make me do this! Don't make me do this!" Ultimately, that winds up being a close-range firefight between the robber and the Robin. Both the robber and the, the policeman wind up being killed, and the kid kind of freaks out and takes off. And then that's where he starts like going, "I am Robin! I am Robin!" Under his breath, like he's freaking out. Um, we actually have a very Dark Knight-esque set of panels after that where we see a ton of the media's reaction to what's going on with this. And basically you get what you'd, you'd kind of imagine. Oh, how dare, you know, Gotham let these kids run around being, you know, being heroes or thinking they're superheroes. It's all Batman's fault. It's all this fault. It's all, you know, blaming everything under the sun. Well, the police decided to make basically their stand on it being that they're going to create the Robin Act and anybody who is wearing Robin um, costumes or the signature R stuff will be arrested and detained. And that everyone who's acting as a Robin is going to be is going to be arrested. They're going to be removed from the street and they're going to have criminal charges placed against them. And this winds up all being kind of a big move on the mayor's part. And if you're reading Detective Comics has been all about creating the whole Jim Gordon, Jim Gordon Batman stuff. And as she's kind of explaining this, we see you know shots of all these policemen who are arresting the Robins, some of them using quite a bit more force than they probably need to. But, you know, at the same time, you know, a policeman was killed in this incident. So we see a lot of, a lot of that stuff, and it kind of flashes over to Duke Thomas, who is walking down the street talking to some of the other members of the Robins. And Duke is kind of, like, in full cover-up mode. And it winds up being that a lot of the other people that knew, uh, that their parents knew that they were Robins, have kind of took measures to remove them from the city. So, like, one of the main female characters from the story, uh, Rico Shigoro, has been sent over to Gotham Academy. So she's way out of the city. Um, While they're talking... He winds up having a policeman pull up on him, and the policeman kind of comes off almost a little racist. And uh, starts talking to him about, like, what, what's going on with your shoes? Why do you have those shoes? And the, and the guy's like, I don't even know how to explain this. And so he starts, like, basically telling him, like, well, they're shoes. They go on my feet. I have laces. The guy winds up grabbing him and slamming his head against the car, telling him, like, oh, you've got red shoes. That means you're a robin. You're going to jail. Uh, and then from there we see that they, they're even going to the Gotham Academy and they're going to evidently have the police go through everybody's dorms to try to find out if any of them are Robins or they have Robin material on them. From there we find out the Duke, surprisingly, is probably one of the more prepared Robins, much more than Batgirl is now, because he actually has fake identity with him. He doesn't carry any of his personal items on him. And he's actually using this to try to like persuade the policeman to let him go. Like, why would I have my ID on me if I was Robin? Why would I have this on me? Why would I do this? 
But as he's explaining it to him, he basically starts mentioning things about how he could escape from the police car, and that if he was Robin, he would have already done that, or if he was a Robin. All the way up to the point where he gets the policeman to tell him, like, what road they're on, so he knows that he can jump out the window, or jump out the door, into the ocean, or the harbor, or whatever it is. It's probably the har- a harbor. It's the harbor. But, um, from there he winds up contacting the rest of Robins, trying to get them all together so that they can, like, make a, a stand, or, like, figure out what they're going to do as Robins from here out. Uh, from there we kind of see some more of the reactions from people in the city, um, we actually see at least one bar scene where this guy is just running his mouth, running his mouth. He doesn't even realize, like, Jason Todd's right next to him. He winds up kind of, like, putting a little beat down on him in the bar. We also see that the mayor has some pretty undesirable bed company that she's working with. I guess we could actually keep that a secret so that I can be a surprise. Good idea. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's uh, she's got some, some people that maybe she shouldn't be connected to. But we know Jason's already going to be a part of this. We want to find out that Tim is already located all the Robins, or the, the We Are Robin group, and is trying to direct uh, Jason Todd to get to them. And we have kind of a weird display between them, where Jason is almost like, well, yeah, you were never Robin anyways. So I guess I can see why you don't think you need to be, come together, because like, everybody else is kind of like meeting up to deal with this in a, in a group, and Tim's off on the side running computers and stuff. But before any of them can get there, they find out that Damien is evidently already there. So, the Red Hood's en route. Tim is presumably going to meet them. Damien's already there. So, we get to the Robin meeting, and basically Duke is telling them, you know what, we have to show the city that, we, that we're doing this not because we're some kind of gang, and not because we're the violent problem. We're trying to fix that. And the only way to really show them this is that the Robin who's responsible for this needs to stand up, tell his side of the story, and face the consequences. And we see that he's there in the background, but of course nobody knows that he's that guy yet. So about halfway through the meeting, Damien comes dropping through the ceiling. And he's like, what the hell? You know, I left town for a little while, Bruce is gone, and now all of this. And uh, he, he demands to know who the leader is, and Duke's like, well, nobody's really the leader. He's like, fine, I'm the leader. Everyone go home. <laughs> and he basically tells him, like, you're not trained. You're not ready to be this. You have no right to be Robins, and none of you should be here. And Duke's kind of like, no, oh, man, we're trying to solve these problems. We're trying to fix things. He's like, well, you really think that you're up to what needs to be done? Then see if you can even do anything against me. And he winds up throwing him to the ground. And he tells them, you know, like, Robins don't start fights, but they sure as heck know how to finish them. And as he kind of beats up Duke a little bit, Duke's like, oh, this is what you think? Well, you know, let's show them that we know how to finish it. And so, like, the whole gang basically starts to come after Damien. Yeah, he does, he's, he starts doing a pretty good job of defending himself. From there, the mayor decides that, um, well, they locate this meeting, evidently, and decides that they need to send in the Batman to deal with all the Robins. And of course, Jim is pretty unwilling to go, but he really doesn't get much of a choice about it. And so when he drops in, Robin's like already beating up most of the We Are Robin kids. And here comes Robo Batman. And it's like the last straw for Damien. Like, what the hell is this? He even like asks him, what are you supposed to be? 
And then when he says, well, I'm Batman, he's like, you're kidding me. He actually has a moment where he's like just looking around at everybody else like, this is really happening? Which leads then, of course, Robin to fighting the Robo-Batman. So ultimately leads him to pretty much taking Jim out. And all the rest of the Robins are like, damn, if that's what a Robin's supposed to be, like, yeah, we don't have the training to do this. Most of them wind up scattering from that point. And Duke kind of makes a note to, like, I'm going to have to get these guys back together because you know, who knows what they're going to do on their own. But from there, he's greeted by Red Robin and Red Hood, which kind of try to calm Damien down a little bit and talk to him about you know, what their next plan is, which leads to them going to the guy that they're going to rely on, the one who's going to be in charge since Bruce is not in the picture, really, which winds up being Dick Grayson. And, uh, you know, Dick Grayson basically is dealing his spiral stuff, and at the very end of it, he basically says, like, you know, this takes precedence over all the spiral stuff. Because forever, whatever I am before, whatever I was afterwards, I've always been Robin. Uh, the last little catch, well, there's a little, there's another catch at the end that we're going to hopefully leave. But it's, it's going to make the story huge. But um, the last little catch that we get is Duke and the Robin... Who, who was there at the, at the shooting. And he's basically like, seeing what you guys did, seeing you face off against Robin, and hearing what you said, like, it really makes me want to say, like, want to tell you what happened. And so he basically lays down what happened to Duke. And Duke's was like, alright, well, you know, as a Robin, you need to stand up and, and take note of what you've done. You need to go to, you need to go to the police. You need to turn yourself in and tell them what happened. And the kid's basically like, yeah, no, I guess you're. I guess you're right. I guess that's what I got to do. From there, they separate, and we find out in a sideline story that basically he was saved by Dick Grayson when he was much younger. And I, I want to say we actually got this in one of the little stories, him saving this kid and then singing the trapeze song to the kid. Oh, that's cool. So in a way, this kind of ties back to another story. But that's where that whole trapeze story comes from. Is from when he was saved by Dick Grayson when he was Robin. Needless to say, things get very dark at the end, and whatever we're going to do for Robin Wars, it's it's going to be huge. There's, there's two more catches at the very end of it that are going to make this story blow up. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to, to read this. I think this is like... I, I thought Robin Wars was going to be pretty cool. I didn't realize like exactly how big I thought this was going to be. This could be kind of a, like a new Dark Knight. I really think it's going to be a, a very big, poignant story that could really shape where a lot of the other characters in the Bat universe are going for the next few years. It could result in a lot of deaths of Robins, too, so we'll see. I, I'd give it a four. I think it's a really strong beginning issue. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. I think it's something to really keep an eye on. Alright. Uh curious. I'll go with a three. It didn't jive with me, but um we'll see. I'll see where it goes. Okay. Barry. Go with a go with a three. <laughs> Simple stupid. Alright. Uh <laughs> Ross. 
I'd give it a four with Rob. It seems like it's going to be a lot crazier of a story than it actually was, than it actually seemed to be at the start. I like how we're tying all the Robins together, kind of, finally, too. I don't think we've really had much of uh, no, Dick, Tim, Jason, and Damien all together. Yeah, we see it a little bit, but not not a whole lot. Mm. And I think this is really going to sell why we are Robins. Should, should have been, like, a big watch book mm. once this starts going. Mm. Yeah, I, I, definitely four. I will say the art is fantastic. Looking at the book right now, it's awesome. Yeah, there's a ton of different artists on this one. They almost did it like um, like the weekly book, almost, where we have several different artists coming in and doing page by page. So it isn't a weekly book, right? It's a it's its own event situation. I believe it's, it is its own event situation. I think it's, it's a set of bookends. There's we are Robin one and we are Robin two. In the middle, the chapters happen in the. Uh, Batman or uh, Robin, wow. Robin, son of Batman, um, Grayson. I want to say there's a tie-in for Teen Titans, but I don't think it's an actual chapter. I don't remember that one's a chapter or not. It wouldn't surprise me that there's a tie-in. Same thing with Red Hood and Arsenal. There's a tie-in there as well, but the actual chapter's in the middle between the other books, uh, whereas the bookends are the one and two issues. So kind of like gotcha. what they did with. Uh, with the Damien's, uh, what was it, Damien Rise? Rise of Robin. Alpha Robin, and Omega. Yeah. And they did them as their own books, but everything else happened in Batman and Detective. Mm. Same idea, just instead of Batman and Detective, it's the, it's the Robin books. Gotcha. Um, we Are Robin has a tie in there, too, and I don't think it's a chapter. No, it might be a chapter, actually. Number nine, I think, is a, is a chapter. Shoot, I don't remember that. There's at least one of the We Are Robin books that tie into it. That makes sense. Uh, considering, and I was wondering why uh, Gotham Academy had a tie-in, but now I get it because one of the one of the Robins, it's He's a pretty there. prominent Robin, is there. Yeah, um, yeah, I give it a four. Also, I mean, as far as events are concerned, uh, it seems like it, the, especially the catches at the end, like they're they're pretty big deal. I mean, the kid at the beginning, eh, whatever. I mean, it's it, it's an inter- it's an interesting way to start things and how how it turned the city against everyone. Is why the action that there's this, the pebble in the water, Kuwait and the ripples that it makes it important. That particular piece itself is not that big a deal, but then the rest of everything else that's happened because of it is what the big deal is. Anyway, um, yeah, book wise, I give it a four. I mean, as far as setup is concerned, I like what they're doing. It's cool that we're getting like a sidekick character big event. I mean, because Robin. Even Dick Grayson, Robin, he's always been considered a sidekick. Even as Nightwing. You know, well, I guess Nightwing, I guess he's an A-tier book, I guess. But everything else, it follows the B because of who it is. So I think that's really cool. Really quick. Uh-huh. It hasn't... It, it's been a while since I've read any of the Batman stuff. But when he became Jim Gordon Batman, wasn't he trying to find the, like, other like sidekick people and stop them from Yeah, he was trying to disband so everybody like, else. Like another step in that direction. Kind bit. of, but not quite the same way. Gotcha. That's interesting because yeah, he, he wanted to shut down some of the other bats. Mm. But he makes a big deal about not being really supportive of this whole Robin initiative. Gotcha. And I think a lot of it's just because like they're giving total Carla Blanche to all these policemen to arrest these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, just on the suspicion that they might be a Robin. And so he he was actually opposed to it, but it was kind of a matter of, you know, 
what, what he gets to say and do because he still has to work within the framework. Mm-hmm. So this might actually lead to Gordon becoming an actual vigilante, which would yeah, be interesting. Be cool. That's I've, I've been waiting. I've been kind of waiting for something like this because when they announced that we are Robin Buck, I was like, "There's no way that that'll fly with anyone." Like you had to get Bruce and Damien out of the way for that to even happen. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to see the consequences of that happening now in this book. It'll be interesting to see what happens from it. Mm. You know, because there's a few of these characters that I think will carry on. Yeah. Right on. Is Gordon young in this book? No, but Gordon's a lot younger in the New 52 than he was in the previous universe. He just shaved and cut his hair, and it makes. That's only the reason he looks young. different. Yeah, mm-hmm. they took the mustache off and they gave him a, a crew cut, so he he looks younger because of that. Mm-hmm. But his age is in question. Mm. And the, the Gordon that I, I'm really familiar with had to be late forties, maybe mid fifties, maybe because he was always gray, you know, and he and he seemed pretty old. But like the Gordon that they've done so far in the New Fifty Two, he still got the red in his hair. It's supposed to be, like, mid to late 30s. That's what I'd guess, too, yeah. So, he's supposed to be a bit younger than than the Gordon that we were used to, I guess. So. Right. Hmm. just want to see, like, a book where an old man is dressed up in a Batman costume. It's oh. called The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. They're currently in Volume 3 of that, Barry. It's, it's brand new stuff. Stupid. You can skip two. It's, I mean, it's okay. I would go from one straight to volume three, just because that's how I roll, I guess. All right, let's move on to uh, Spidey, number one, from the old uh, Marvel comics. Uh, we got uh, Bradshaw doing the art on the book, Nick Bradshaw. You'll know him from uh, X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and, I don't know, X-Titles. Yeah, Nick Bradshaw is fantastic. And we got uh, Rob, Robbie Thompson doing the writing for it. Um, so book-wise, the whole concept behind Spidey, it, this is your Spider-Man is still a kid. Well, Spider-Man is still in high school book. So it's more of an origin story setup. It's not... It, this is for people that are like, oh, I can't go back and read number one from like the 60s. An updated version of the origin is what it really is. So, I mean, story-wise, it starts out, gives you the overview of Spider-Man getting great great power, comes great responsibility, Uncle Ben dies. They give you, like, a one-page overview where everything sort of is origin-storied, like a page and a half, I guess. Kind of like what they did with Doctor Strange. Because Doctor Strange, issue one, had, like, an origin story two pages. And that's basically how this book starts. And then we move forward, and, of course, he's out doing Spider-Man things and trying to get to school on time, which is... I don't know, classic Spider-Man, Peter Parker stuff. And he winds up running into the White Rabbit, who's robbing a bank. And he's like, man, this is awesome. I fought a rabbit today. And, of course, she's super hot because, well, she's drawn that way. And he takes a selfie with her because <laughs> it's modernized, you know. And he's like, man, I wish all my villains could be rabbits. Because I fought a rabbit today, which is hilarious. I think it's, I think it's really funny. Yeah, I think that's the March hair. Oh, maybe maybe it is. She makes a comment about, well, is, is she supposed to be the March hair? She's not the White I, Rabbit. No, oh, rabbit. DC has the White Rabbit. Yeah, same idea, same character, different universe. Yeah, very similar idea. She's the March hair. You're right. Um, anyway, so we go from there. Just Peter getting to school, 
And of course he's late. And in the process of going through the hall, he gets his spider sense go off, and uh, he realizes the principal's coming down the hallway, so he hides on the roof, because Spider-Man can. And he's like, oh man, awesome, I didn't get caught, I fought a rabbit today, this day can't get any better. You know, I didn't do last week's homework, or last night's homework, but I told that'll be fine, no big deal. And then the first thing that happens in class is pop quiz. And he's like, oh great. Because up to this point, everything gone pretty well. I mean, fought a rabbit, got away from the principal, and then pop quiz happens. So, as far as that means, I mean, it's a, it's a little, it's a little kitty, I guess, but it's still a fairly fun story. Of course, the teacher after class calls him in and is like, you know, I know you're, I know you're having a hard time with your uncle dying and everything, and his, you gotta understand, history is not science, but history is important, important too. He's like, yeah, yeah, so you don't make the same mistakes. He's like, no, no, that way you can learn to, uh, you can learn to keep moving forward, and it's, it, it, I don't know, it's a pretty cool little catch. Anyway, we go from there to uh, him being assigned a tutor for history because the person who's going to tutor him in history needs a tutor in science. And so he assigns him to the love of Gwen Stacy because uh, she's going to help him with her with his history and he'll help her with science. So this teacher's like, win-win. And then we run into Flash Thompson in the hallway and of course what's Flash doing? He's wrapping up pa Parker because that's how it rolls, especially in younger years. Does he have his legs? Oh yes, he's not. This is way before the whole war and before anything. Desert Stormy. No Venom yet. And uh, Gwen winds up punching him out, which is kind of awesome. From there, she, uh, of course, tells Peter, well, I can't have your brains knocked out yet because I need you to help me with my science. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. Help me much. with my science. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> 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 not, not quite that dirty. Like I said, it's a lot more... It's kid-friendly. Come on, man. <coughs> There's no... Don't forget you that at the beginning dirty, of the book, he, dirty he, webs the, he webs the uh, bunny's face. Uh, her mouth? <laughs> That's not helpful. Again, you Barry, you, uh, you, you sit there and you... you kid-friendly. Kid-friendly. Totally kid-friendly. Uh, yeah, anyway, they go, on to, they go on another science, like, science field trip. Of course, to Oscorp. Why not? In the process, Doc Ock shows up, smashes some stuff up. So who's who guys save everybody? Well, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Uh, of course, in the process there, he wants to make Flash look like he's helpful. Uh, so Flash kind of looks like he saves Gwen, even though it was Peter that did it. Uh, he fights Doc Ock. There's some quippy quip quips between them, which is awesome. Uh, eventually, he beats uh, beats Ock. Ock winds up leaving. or Well, actually, he beats Ock, but Ock escapes. Uh, in the process, Peter goes and transforms, changes costumes again, so that way he can, can go out with the rest of the kids uh, and not be revealed as Spider-Man. We get an introduction to Norman Osborn uh, and Harry Osborn. Harry introduces Peter to Norman, and Norman, of course, tells Peter, Oh, we got a job for you if you keep your grades up, Peter. Ha <laughs> ha I'm Norman Osborn. That's and exactly what he says, by the way. Pretty much. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then we get, of course, the reveal at the end. He's like, we, we need to figure out who this Spider-Man is. How do you get in here? And they talk about how Doc Ock disabled all the security cameras before any of that happened. And so he's like, we got to double, triple our security. There's a new player in town, this Spider-Man. And then we get, of course, a reveal of a reflection of the Goblin, which is normal, too. And the Goblin la laughing about, oh, you know what's going to happen next? Cause that's what the Goblin does. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. And I'll give you, it's not, like, brand new material by any means, but it's also, like, origin story material. So if you want the fun, 
classic Peter Parker, slightly updated, then I would say Spidey's for you. He does. He's not got the power yet. He doesn't have all the crazy gadgets. He doesn't have Parker Industries. So it's like a simpler time for Spider-Man. Um, I give it a three and a half. Like I, it was good. The art's fantastic. Uh, it was. It was a fun read. I, I liked it. Uh, Rob, I, I think Spidey's actually. It's totally designed for people who haven't been very attentive to their Spider-Man. Um. So it's a very easy one to just step into, even if you've only seen Spider-Man movies or you have not been reading the book for a long while. You're going to get most of the classic villains in there. It is a little weird that they decide to go with Gwen Stacy again, but she's been very popularized lately. So uh, I don't... I, I'm not sure exactly the end goal for the story. I don't know if it's going to be like action comics where... We spend ever so much time with him as a kid, and then it kind of catches up, and we wind up having two Spider-Man books that are running at the same time. But it is a good spot to come in if you haven't been really up to date on the story, or if you've been reading the new stuff and you kind of go, "Wow, well, damn! Why can't he just go back to being in high school?" Well, here's the book for you. So uh, I give it, I give it a three and a half. I really like Bradshaw's work. I think it's a fun story. It's nice to see Doc Ock alive again. Be cool to see where they go. My biggest problem is I'm I'm really big on continuity and making a book in the past like this could be a real issue for that if it's in the regular universe timeline. Oh, Mr. Curtis, I find it very derivative. It's been done before, time and time again. Um, I'll give it a two point five because of Bradshaw. What? Otherwise, it'd be like a two. Mr. Barry. Agreed, and I said it before. It's just overplayed Spider-Man story, just updated. That's it. Is there a score in there, Barry? Uh, two. Oh, sad day. And, and honestly, it it is what it is. It It's not technically meant to be a brand new story. Yeah, it's not. It might have been a little stronger if they just decided to go, well, this is going to be like the ultimate Spider-Man. And this is its own side universe, like they've done with Gwyn. But, you, regardless. You think it was like an Earth 2 Spider-Man or something crazy? Like, just come up with something different. I mean, they get paid to do this, and they're just rewriting the same story over and over and over again. Yeah, but it's Marvel's character. So he can't go out and reinvent the wheel with Spider-Man. Well, maybe they should try. Well, I mean, they kind of have. I mean, with with the ultimate stuff. But, anyways, guys, we got Miles Morales. I'm wondering if if this is gonna. That was a different too. thing, though. I know. Like, Sorry. Please, Ross, continue. I'm wondering if this is going to turn into an Ultimate situation because isn't that why Ultimate the Ultimate Universe started in the beginning? Was because people wanted a restart and to know what happened at the beginning of the universe and a more modernized version of things. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it originally it was pitched as an idea to do things. We're going to do things different in the Marvel universe, and then they really didn't. They just modernized things and made slight changes. Yeah. So your your overall story arc started out to be something entirely different. They just want to be a modernized version of everything else. Which, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you have different differences. I mean, Captain America in that world was super racist, mostly against mutants, uh, which a dude from the 50s would probably have some of those hang-ups. Mm-hmm. Your, your Thor wasn't the same. Your Tony Stark or his brother were not the same. Uh, the Wolverine started out younger and different. Tony has a brother? Uh, 
in the Ultimate Universe. Short story, Ultimate Iron Man is weird. Yeah, it's weird. What we expected was to have, like, a Spider-Man where Aunt May was the one that died and Uncle Ben lived and things would unfold differently. Gotcha. At least that's what I expected. Now, maybe everybody else didn't, but that's what I expected. I expected differences that were, like, core element differences, and that's not what they did. So, I guess this is kind of like that. Basically, normal Peter Parker, just updated. I mean, cell phones and everything else set up to be its own thing. So that way, if you miss the old days, you basically get them again. I think yeah, I think a lot of superheroes have that problem, but I think we've seen that a lot with Spider-Man recently. It's like, just every other just year the movies. So you need to see how he, he's origin and him in high school. And, you know, I don't... I don't mind it. I think stories like this are fun. Like, I like seeing him in high school and hanging out. And well, yeah, like I said, I think it's a fun it's a fun read, but you're not getting anything new from it. I think it'll be interesting if they do something similar to the Ultimates, and there are some kind of changes, and you get to see some different stuff. But I, I doubt... I don't think that's what this is for. It's gonna do. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I, I would say there's a good possibility of a maybe there. Yeah. I think I'd probably give it a three. I, I think it has some potential and it has some fun to it, but it's not like these guys have said. They're kind of just retreading stuff. Yeah, reinventing the well. It's un, you know, it's understandable. Although, good use of derivative. Thank you. Hey, fancy words. Oh, Ten fancy. That's, well, that's what I like. Uh, so, uh, you guys want to do some books to watch? Yeah. The Curtis? Uh, Dynamite's gonna have Deja Thoris coming back out, written by Frank J. It's Barbary true. and redesigned by Nicola Scott, so it's more of a Middle Eastern feel to her boob costume, and she's fully covered, which is, I think it's kind of cool, because the boob costume, as good as it is to look at, it served no functionality, you know what I mean? Other than being awesome. So, uh, that's what kept me away from it, really. So I might pick up this one, especially since Frank's writing it. Um, Bill and Ted Go to Hell is going to be coming out. Oh, yeah. They have to go save death from the devil. So they go back down to hell and get help with uh, uh, Joan of Arc. Maybe Socrates will be in there. I think it'll be fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that. Coming out from Boom Studios. Yeah. And uh, what else was there? That's all I can think of right now. Right. The spirit, of course, but. Change, <laughs> Scotty. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ross? The Batman Ninja Turtles comic is coming out really soon. Oh, yeah. Years. And I saw some preview pages for that today, and while I don't know what was going on at all, the art was really, really good for it. And I think the story's probably going to be pretty cool, too. Um, not a comic, and I guess this probably should have been part of news, but I wasn't thinking about it then. Fired. But, uh, they announced that this next year, so 2016, Samurai Jack is coming back with brand new episodes being done by Gendy Tarkovsky. Is Phil Lamar going to be back? Yeah, everyone. It's just supposed to be a continuation. So what I'm wondering is the comic book was also supposed to be a continuation. Are they going to consider the comic book like canon and have... A gap in between there. That'd oh, that's be cool. a good question. Because the picture that they showed is like a preview picture. It looks like kind of King Samurai Jack at the Ooh. End. So it would be really cool if it, if 
that comic does. Yeah, the continue forward yeah. came after the comic book. It'd be cool if the comic actually launched that. If it meant something, yeah. But I, it, it, it led into Gandhi being like, hey, that's a good idea, let's yeah. bring it back. But anyway, and it's going to be on Adult Swim, too, instead of regular Cartoon Network. Kind of where Afro Samurai was? Yeah. So yeah. It'll, I think that'll... Not that Samurai Jack was ever super kitty. No. But I think it'll let them be a little bit more loose with their everything has to be robots all the time. Idea. Oh, maybe, yeah. So. Well, yeah, I was definitely... If, if you think of those robots being anything other than robots, it, it's a bloody mess. Yeah. Well, as any time he, he cut something, if it wasn't a robot before, it was after he cut it. So. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fix it in pose. <laughs> good, 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 good stuff. Uh, Barry? I got nothing. That's all right. Watch your balls around Curtis. That's uh, okay. Also good advice. <laughs> I guess for playing. I'm, we're going to stop. Uh, Rob, you got books to watch? Um, actually, I'm really looking forward to Daredevil. Old Man Logan's going to be coming out here pretty soon, which is going to be great. Um, actually, Robin Wars. And I didn't think I'd be saying it, but the Totally Awesome Hulk is totally awesome, actually. So... Um, the the Batman Teen or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going to be great. I was going to say Batman Teen, Teen Titans for some reason, but it's not See, the same thing. That's yeah. that's the next one. If if they can keep this crossover with Ninja Turtles, I want a Teen Titans Ninja Turtles crossover. That'd be cool. Would you go to, with the standard Titans, or you're probably thinking more animated Titans? I I think you would go. Well, I think either would work. I, I would like the animated team, not necessarily like the Teen Titans Go, but like the that group of Robin, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Raven, yeah. uh, so, Starfire, Donna Troy, and Kid Flash. I think that'd be a good. So more of like a classic Titans yeah. group. Okay. Does, does IDW own the rights to the Turtles now? You know, they do do the comic books. I don't know if they own the rights outside but of that. They're being printed at IDW. Yes, they are. And so is Star Trek. Uh, yes, it is. And they just did a Star Trek Green Lantern? Well, yeah, IEW and, and DC both play well together. Yeah. Um, there actually was mention of that at San Diego this year when they went, went over the, uh, the batch of books coming out of for, for the winter. Right. It's related to the Legion of Superheroes Star Trek. Yes, it is. I don't see a Turtles Star Trek, but no, maybe. Why not? <laughs> they did uh, Turtles and X-Files, so. Did they no, really? That's true. Yes, they yeah. did. So I, I guess it could it could happen. It was part of uh, one of those other uh, event things. Oh, the Cthulhu oh, yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Infestation. But it could still happen. Infestation, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it certainly could. Um, Back to the Future has been fantastic. And uh, Birthright just got going again, so it's going to be fantastic. Are they back in the fantasy land of Birthright yet? Uh, not yet. I think that's where they're going. Probably this soon. Are. That's what sold it for me, and then it went away, and it kind of lost its flavor. Mm. And if it's going back... I think it is. At least, at least from the look of things, like the way they wrapped up the last issue, it seems that direction. Sweet. Um, let's see, book-wise, I would give you guys uh, Paper Girdles, because that's been fantastic. I think it's awesome. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Birthright, I still think it's good. Um... Robinson of Batman, uh, of course, regular Batman is my favorite, probably. Even though things are really weird right now, still, it, I still like it. You know, I don't. It, okay, it, it's it's still good. 
<laughs> I'm a little pissed at certain things right now. That's it all. sounds like you're trying to convince yourself. No, I, I still like it. It's good. It's good. Uh, fantastic. Um, Bat, uh, Batman Robin Eternal. Really cool things happening. Some of that pisses me off, too. But it's. I still think it's good. Uh, if you haven't gotten in on that one, you should. There's some interesting stuff at the beginning and cool concepts. Still got to ride it out a little farther. I mean, it's weekly, so... I guess we'll see. Yeah, stuff happens fast, but yeah. uh, there's a lot to digest. Yeah. So, I would say Power Man, Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stanford Green working on it. Uh, the couple of preview pictures they have in the newer catalog oh, look uh, awesome. David Walker, I think, is writing that too, isn't he? I don't remember the writer. Because he's coming out with a new Shaft book. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh. Uh, so we're going to have a new Shaft book also from uh, Dynamite. Oh, that's right. Also, uh, David Crossland going to go over and do Invader Zim. It was the covers here pretty soon. I want to see. I think he's doing interiors number eight. I don't remember that for sure. But nothing else to cover. It might not be interiors. It's definitely a cover, though. Because I've seen the cover. That looks fun. Dave's, and Dave's awesome, so. Hired Meat. Right? HiredMeat.com if you wanted to look him, check him out. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, I feel like there's another book in there that I was thinking of, but now I don't remember what it was. I have one more I forgot about. What was that, Ross? Guardians of the Galaxy is really cool with the thing in it. Oh, man. Yeah, I really, really like the past two issues of that. Was mm-hmm. it missing the thing? Was there something missing from it? The, the thing yeah. was well, missing Well, there was before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I What I loved about the Guardians of the Galaxy was that they were a team that didn't make any sense to start with. And they just totally knocked it out. And... You know, honestly, as they've gone, adding in characters that don't fit has worked. Adding mm. in Iron Man, adding in Venom. the Venom, and now Thing. Now, I would love to say Captain Marvel, but they kind of forgot that she was there. But, like, putting putting the Thing in there doesn't make any sense. And so it ultimately works perfect. But then you read the first issue, and, like, one of the first things he says is, like, oh, I'm finally back to where I wanted to be at the start, a spaceman. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I kind of well, totally wiped that from my it's memory. It's stuff that makes perfect sense. I mean, just like yeah. Venom joining him. What's Venom doing in space, man? Uh, he's from space, dude. Hell, alien symbiote. Uh, when is that uh, Venom Space Night coming out? Uh, issue one has come out uh, this last week. Is it any good? Uh, art's awesome. Haven't read it yet. Okay. Does look pretty good. Yeah, it looks. The art looks great. And it's still. Uh, it's still Flash Thompson. Okay. But he doesn't have the same, uh, his look is is different again. Kind of boxy? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Kind of like Icon? Kind of, yeah. From Annihilators? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, his, he's, his tactical outfit is gone, and he's moved forward with, kind of the way he looked at the end of the Guardians. It's very similar, that with a newer artist, slightly different, but that's basically what he looks like. Ariel mm. Olivetti? Uh, yes. There's a, a super awesome uh, backup story in the back of Guardians of Infinity, which just came out at, at the time of this release, right? With uh, the Thing and Rocket. Oh, really? And it's really, yes. really cool. It, it, it actually it goes back again with Thing to his uh, galactic wrestling days. So Curtis might That's actually crazy. really like that too. They call it the Rocket Thing. <laughs> I think that's something different. I think. Oh, speak, speak, speaking of uh, rockets. Dang, Barry, there's going to be a Rocket and Groot book come out. Uh, that, well, I want to say, starts next month. So Groot itself ended. Uh, so now we're doing a team-up book following that. 
I think they're overplaying it now. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I really you just liked, shut your mouth. I really, really liked Rocket <laughs> Raccoon, and they should have just kept it going. And Groot had some okay ones. The last one was pretty good, but they're just the last trying, issue was awesome. They're just trying to keep it going and change the title to get more people to jump on. Are it. you saying they're trying to get number one hungry? Yeah, is that what they're doing? Like always. Number one Both of them are that way, man. Marvel yeah. and DC. Oh, yeah, I know, but All right. I'm, I'm sick of that with Rocket and Groot. You, sh- <laughs> you shut up. Well, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> we knew that they were going to relaunch. <laughs> I guess it's better to have one book than them try to relaunch both books, though. Yeah. Well, so. that's true. Would you prefer Rocket and Groot number one or prefer Rocket Raccoon number one and Groot number one? I would have preferred for it to be Groot number one whatever number they're on, or Rocket Raccoon number, whatever that one would have continued to be. It's true. This is, it's a snafu for for what Marvel's doing, because Marvel wants to do like DC did, and so of course it's it's doing its number one launch. Now, if we can believe the guy that's supposed to be in charge over in Marvel, Mm -hmm. he's saying that they wanted to stop all this stop and start title stuff. He's full of crap. He probably is, but... (laughs) As he's doing that exact thing. he, He wants to say that well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is supposed to be it for number ones. Like, we're not supposed to stop and start anymore. Oh, okay. Um, they, they're they stopping everything and beginning again, <laughs> and then they're not supposed to stop. After this next one. Well, just like, yes. just like, well, just like DC's New 52, instead of a Flashpoint event, we had Secret Wars. Yeah. Granted, the Secret Wars didn't restart the universe. It's more like what happened to Batman Green Lantern just happened to everyone, and now go. <laughs> hmm. They they had a crappy unified launch. I mm. I would have much rather they had gotten everything together in one go, but supposedly that was to let the artists and writers finish what they were doing, because I I think this decision really came from way up in corporate. Yeah, sure. Um, now supposedly they're not going to stop and start for like the next thirty some years. That's Whether so that's true or not, that's I that seems like too much time to me. Yeah. You know. Because there's going to be books that are going to get canceled and they're going to come back. But if this brings an end to that, that would be fine with me. Yeah, it'd be good. I just, I just think it was unnecessary to have the the title change. It's true, um, and it, like I, I, I don't really. I'm not trying to defend what they're doing. I just knew that that's what they were doing because we were in the retail side of it. I had the same problem when they did Teen Titans that way too recently because yeah. they had just restarted Teen Titans. And they restarted it back in number one and didn't change anything at all. It was just like... Well, they took Kid Flash out of it. For a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know. New Suicide <laughs> Squad's that way, too, but I, uh, they I, got a fancy movie coming out, so... Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. On Teen Titans, I, I think it's all motivated on how badly received that first arc was. Yeah, probably. You know, everything with Harvest it was terrible. <laughs> Harvest is a villain character from the first arc of the... U-52 Teen Titans. As a footnote for you, there'd be a star next to it, and like a guy named, named David, and that's how you find out about it if it was written in the books. And all he did was pick fruit. Pretty much. U-52 Teen Titans has been restarted three times now. You, you shut up. <laughs> just twice. Well, because they had the first restart of the New 52, and yeah. then they had the restart of Teen Titans in the middle, and then they had a restart again well, after that. They, they There's they, only two number yeah, ones, though. two number ones. So far. There wasn't a third one. There's, there's Titans Hunt. They called it the New Teen Titans, though, and they had a third one. That's the one that's going on right now. There was three of them. I don't think so. Yeah, there was There was two Titans, and then it went to New Teen Titans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was three of them in there. 
They're not the same groups, though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The New 52 started a number one. Right. And then they restarted. I remember that. And then they got, like, six issues in and restarted again. Hmm. I, I don't recall that, sir. I could be mistaken. I, I guess I could be wrong, too, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But I, but I would agree. If there's a little six issue mini thing in there, it's terrible. But yeah, I, I didn't like that they started and stopped it either. You mm-hmm. know, if they weren't going to cancel the book, they shouldn't have stopped the numbers. Mm-hmm. But what are you snickering about over you there? You have a silly face. You yeah. have a silly face. I like, the sn- <laughs> I like the snickering dog thing from the Muttley. Yes, yes. Okay. perfect. Uh, anything else, book-wise? Worse by better. <laughs> I don't doubt, well, good. I doubt that. I'm pretty low on the totem pole on the side of the room. Totem pole? Mm, yeah, well, you know. Who? It's like a stacking system. Oh. <laughs> like Russian nesting dolls? I, I think so, except the one in the middle is supposed to have candy in it. I thought that was really? a pinata. No, that's just candy all together. Oh, okay. You don't hit this with a stick. No, well, you shouldn't. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, anything else? No. Okay. Tiki? Tiki. 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 Tiki.